Road to Cinema's final draft screenwriting software giveaway continues. If you follow these five steps, you'll be entered into a contest to win a free download of the final draft screenwriting software. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JogRoad. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash JogRoad. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, JogRoad Productions. And finally, write us a review on iTunes on the Road to Cinema podcast page. Follow these five steps and you'll be entered into a contest to win a free download of the final draft screenwriting software brought to you by Road to Cinema and our friends at Final Draft. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Road to Cinema podcast featuring director Justin Reardon of the new film Playing It Cool starring Chris Evans and Michelle Monaghan. Playing It Cool tells the story of a screenwriter having trouble working on a romantic comedy script while at the same time feeling jaded about love. So he turns to his friends for a little help working on that script. Those include Luke Wilson, Aubrey Plaza, and Topher Grace. When he meets a woman that captures his attention, played by Michelle Monaghan, he's forced to confront those feelings and pursue her. Unfortunately, she's engaged to be married. We'll talk to director Justin Reardon on what originally captured him about the script, which was featured on The Blacklist many years ago, called A Many Splintered Thing, written by Chris Schaefer and Paul Vicknair. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, please visit jogroadproductions.com. You can follow us on Twitter at jogroad, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jogroad, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jogroad Productions, and you can also follow us on Instagram at jogroadproductions. And now we join director Justin Reardon, as he discusses what originally captured him about the script A Many Splintered Thing, which would eventually become Playing It Cool, which you can now purchase on iTunes, Amazon, and other on-demand platforms. When I first read it, I had to, I kind of, it was obviously, uh, it reads completely different than any other screenplay. Um, and at, the, at that moment, when I was reading it, I wasn't sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I just knew that it was one of those where, like, wait a minute, I need to read this again because the there's so much separation when you're reading it, trying to separate what's actually on screen and what's actually just, uh, you know, the flair of the writers. Uh, because there's a lot of descriptions that, that technically, when you start looking and re- taking paper and putting it to, to screen, you go, wait a minute, what, what ag- actually is makes it up on the screen and what, what doesn't? So from that perspective, it was really unique, and that, that got my, my interest, um, as well as the, I mean, it, when you read the original script, it reads as like a $40 million comedy, uh, just because everything is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's written as live action. Um, so, you know, I, I was also curious on, on, you know, knowing what the people spend on independent films and comedies, where, where, they would, where would they land and what type of movie they were looking to make. Yeah, uh, did you have a particular point of view as far as how you saw executing the script? Was there anything that you wanted to sort of uh, tailor to your personal perspective? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of just, I was really, in, I was in line with the idea of making a movie that, that felt like it was being told from inside the mind of a writer. And that's, that was the original idea of the script. That, that goes back to uh, the script of A uh, Many Splintered Thing. Um, and that's what I thought was so cool about it. Um, 
the fact that it, the whole movie was taking place in in the writer's mind, and it was from a um, uh, the perspective of a, a man. And a lot of romantic comedies aren't from the perspective of a of a man. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then um, so you know going off of that and and all these different um, kind of uh, these deviations from reality. I mean, that that seemed as far as my that it felt like it was in my wheelhouse uh, because I do you know in commercials and, and and stuff like that, like in short films, uh, I've done a lot of really surreal kind of um, unique comedy uh, where you're taking uh, elements that don't normally belong together or or if they're not seen in a certain way and try to make that work. So that that was. Um, for me, which was kind of like the, the real interesting kind of hook for me at that moment. Yeah, what's great is that it, you know, it is a genre of romantic comedy, but yet it takes those conventions and kind of, you know, spins them around and really, uh, really brings them together in a way that, you know, we haven't really seen in a long time. Yeah, you know what, it's interesting. Um, it, it was a movie, you know, what, reading the original script and then where the movie ended up, obviously, uh, are two different places, and, and I think it's, you know, a, a big part is, you know, you just look at the, the label of the movie, how the, the, the title changed from The Many Splintered Thing to uh, Playing It Cool, and you can kind of see how um, the movie that, that kind of came out the other end is more along with the line of playing it cool, where you know the, I think the original intention was more of a, a many splintered thing, which is obviously a little more poetic and a little more, um, I guess, nuanced, um, but also a little more true. True. Uh, again, you know, it's it's making a movie like this, and, and as you can imagine, um, it's a very it's a very specific vision, and it's a, a very specific balance on on the elements and what what's trying to be achieved. And what that means is that, you know, it's, it's not like, um, you know, it, it, it is very uh, sensitive on, on uh, trying to maintain that balance. Uh, and, 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 that, and that's something that, that was extremely challenging throughout uh, the course of making this film. It's, it's not one of those where it's, it's a paint by numbers. You have to take a lot of risks. And then those calculated risks eventually add up to create something specific. Um, and, and, that, and that's what was probably the most challenging part of, of that script, the original script, and then um, trying to kind of coerce that into the right direction and, and trying to maintain the integrity as much as possible. Yeah, uh, for you, you have a, you know, a very deep experience in commercials uh, as well as uh, short narrative projects. Uh, I'm wondering for you transitioning into directing your first feature film, if uh, you know there was anything that you kind of learned along the way in the in the very beginning in the preparation process that felt different for you than uh, you know working in the commercial world. Well, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, the actual shooting was um, in commercials. A lot of times you get the project and you're shooting it, in, you know, a week after, um, no matter what it is, and and. Um, so that that type of preparation for the movie, I mean, we it was as you can see there were a lot of locations and we shot it all in Los Angeles, shot it on film, um, and all at a very 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 minimal um, uh, expense. Uh, so the preparation was it was really it was kind of like you get the green light and then it was like you jump in a car for the next six weeks and and desperately trying to find um, as many locations as you can. I mean, anything, if you know anything about film production, you know, 
you have a certain amount of time to do everything. There's not like seven weeks that you're just sitting there combing through the script and and um, and drawing storyboards. You're actually you know juggling all that while you're in a car. Um, you know the more locations, the more time you spend in a car, and and you know it was definitely uh, a lot of run and gun. I think my my commercial experience. I mean, I shot in every type of situation known to mankind all over the all over the world, and sometimes those situations are like in a small town in Uruguay uh, with, you know, uh, in, in, you know, sleeping in a hotel with no running water um, and not having everything work the way you, you, you need it to work. So you kind of have to just kind of figure things out as you go along. And this movie was exactly that. I mean, I think part of the fun was the fact that um, you're just, you're putting this thing together as you go. Um, and you don't have the type of, you know, uh, cushion you have like in a studio project where you have all this prep time and, and you get to meet your actors or, or you even get to, um, you know, a lot of my actors I met on set for the first time right before we started shooting. Um, so a lot of it's kind of like winging it, um, which I like, but I mean, at the same time, um, you know, for a movie like this, uh, it would, it, you know, it's definitely, um, uh, one of those things that it, it, drew on every commercial directing experience that I had, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, too, you know, casting Chris Evans uh, in the lead role, uh, it's sort of something that we haven't seen from him lately. Uh, you know, we kind of know him so much from the Marvel movies and Captain America, but he has such a light yeah. uh, comedic touch. I was wondering sort of what attracted you to uh, putting Chris Evans in that part. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, he... He uh, found the script, found him somehow, you know, through the the system of agents and whatnot. And um, apparently, he was just uh, he got this the script fell in his lap, and he read it. And and you know, my first meeting with Chris was, you know, I don't even think he knew I was the director on it. To be honest with you, I think he he was just meeting a potential director as it was positioned to him. And we sat down, and and um, I, I, you know what? And this is the honest truth. I didn't even really, I wasn't really familiar with Chris's work. Um, I hadn't seen any Marvel movies, um, but before I met him, I, I, I sat down and watched every single movie he had done. Um, and and in retrospect, I had seen him in a couple movies. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not a big superhero movie guy. But um, I, what I saw from Chris was. I just thought he was so believable in everything he was doing, and I got very excited about that. Um, you know, even like in movies where he has to, you know, spit out uh, some kind of spaceship jargon. You know, while everybody else kind of fumbled through it, his characters always would just gun through it, and no matter what he did, was so convincing. And I thought in this role um, of of the um, of, of having the, the the main character. Uh, you know, dip in and out of reality so much, and, and the whole movie being uh, told from the perspective of uh, this character of a writer's mind. Um, I thought having that believability within the scenes between him and Michelle would be so essential, so you could get the the, the audience immediately back into their relationship and and to their you know their interactions, and and that's kind of that was for me the um, I guess what the grounding mechanism that I had planned for the film was to. To keep it grounded through uh, performances um, uh, between the characters that felt more real and grounded and not perfect or sitcommy, um, and and I think for the most part, um, I mean we were able to, 
to, to achieve that. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, what, and then how all the other parts came together. If it was, if it all came together exactly how I hoped it did. But as far as Chris goes, I mean, I thought he he is kind of good for this, um, and I thought he was good for the original script as well, um, where it was a little less rom-commy. So it was a little more of a, just so happened to be a, a story about love rather than this one loving relationship between a man and a woman. It was originally about him and his friends and his grandfather and his, his mother, and it was about love in general. It wasn't so much about um, just this romantic comedy between, you know, uh, uh, you know the, these, a man and a woman. It was, it was a little bit more... Uh, I'm curious, as far as uh, you know, that development shift that you mentioned in the in the script, um, from being something that was a little more out of the box to something kind of more genre based, uh, was that determined in the editing process, or was that before you ever started shooting? That was determined in the editing. That was, um, I mean, yeah, you know, again, you know, it's funny um, when you read the original script, and, and obviously you're somebody who's who started there. Um, the it was less of a you know I, I never read it and said oh there's a romantic comedy I, I thought of it as being um, a movie that was bigger than that and and again a lot of the devices it was a movie that really kind of uh, made you know it was the whole intention was this guy who uh, was opposed of writing you know uh, it wasn't even a matter of romantic comedy he was just uh, you know opposed to love or opening his mind up to love uh, based upon uh, the inability to get o- get over something in his life and the whole message to that the, the simple thread was um, you know you can't move on uh, with your with your future unless you you know address you know some of the things that, uh, in your past and that was the simple kind of idea um, that was kind of uh, you know, filtered through the whole idea of this guy and, and how that equates to all the love relationships and the fractured relationships he has throughout his life. Um, and it was about a narcissist, and, and that was kind of the idea. Um, I think a lot of that, that, the original idea where this guy who was opposed to one thing and then saw his life slowly turning into that, everything that he opposed, um, all these things were, were set up very um, precisely in the actual uh, to shoot, and that was shot that way. Uh, the editing process, that things got. I think, I think the focus of what the movie was about uh, kind of got lost uh, in the editing process, and and therefore the movie as now, like I think you know when people see it, I think you see just that it's not quite. Um, it, it contradicts itself. Sometimes you think you're watching a movie making fun or parroting romantic comedies. Uh, or, or romance in general, um, and all the cliches. Uh, then what comes out of it is um, instead you now you know through the editing process and through a couple extra scenes that were shot, um, it kind of contradicts that whole idea. And instead, it, it tries to play to it tries to become a, a bit of more traditional romantic comedy. Therefore, it has an identity crisis, and you're not sure what the movie's trying to say. Um, you know, editing is everything. You know that that you know you could you could uh, shoot something about a guy walking into a front door, and then you cut that, uh, and then suddenly the guy never walked in the front door. Um, so it's that simple on how to to you know. That's why you know the editing process uh, is is probably the most important process. I mean, 
it's like you know cooking a, a meal. Uh, if you don't if you don't cook it the right temperature, no matter, it doesn't matter what kind of groceries you bought. Yeah, I mean, for you, uh, you know, as a directing your first feature film, going into the editing process, uh, you know, possibly dealing with voices of different producers or different people that had stakes in the project. Uh, what do you think you learned from that that you would probably carry on to the next feature film that you direct? You know what? What I learned was I learned a couple things. Uh, a is you know. It, Directing is directing. You, you know, and I said this after because a lot of people ask me, "Oh, well, oh man, you know." So what was it like in features? This and, that? and I, I said to be honest with you, you either see it or you don't. And and I think that carries through no matter what you're shooting. You, have, you either have a vision for it, and you and you follow that vision, and and you execute everything you have in your in your head, um, or or you don't see it. Um, and so I, I didn't see, think it was any different than shooting a uh, commercial, except it's just longer. You know, it's a year. I mean, it's a like a year in your life, um, and and I think that's amazing. There's moments where I'm sitting there on set and I'm working with actors. Go, you know, we're talking about real emotions, and we're and we're actually really, you know, funneling you know creativity through both of us and channeling it and and out and and producing something really unique. And I think there were a lot of those moments, um, you know, that what we shot and and through uh, the the shoot, and so making those connections with actors at a different level rather than, you know, just, you know, seeing people for a day, you get to really build these relationships. And, and that was, that was great. And so what I carried to the next feature is that, you know what, get deeper and, and, and get, and get in, you know, more intricate, you know, also, you know, it, it, it's, the, you know, the nature of the beast, you got to look at what film you're doing and, and, and what the circumstances around that are. Um, I don't, you know, while the, the movie didn't come out probably exactly the way I wanted it to, um, you know, each situation is, is going to be different, and it's, and it's just about trying to, uh, you know, capitalize on, on whatever, um, you know, on whatever uh, uh, things you have going for you, and then, and then try to minimize the things that you don't have going for you. I mean, it's kind of a lame answer, but, um, you know, it's, it's, Ultimately, it's not in your control, and but not every situation is like that. Um, so, you know, to my next feature, which I'm prepping already, um, you know, it's just a different situation, and it's and it's going to be a different um, group of actors. But my approach is going to be the same thing: is just to, to hammer, um, you know, and work as hard as I can to, to to you know making sure I shoot the best stuff, and then and then just uh, attacking the edit when you know once you get to that stage. Uh, what is the film uh, that you're working on right now? It's called uh, Convention. It's a, a movie that actually um, I had uh, uh, before uh, Splinter or before um, playing it cool. And uh, it's it's uh, like a being John Malkovich type movie, and it's a, a real kind of it's a it's a world of uh, the packaging and box conventions. And it's uh, and, and at, at this convention, this one inventor is trying to sell this this uh, genius device that's going to revolutionize the, the packaging uh, uh, industry. And, um, uh, you know, he learns during, during uh, his time at the convention as he's trying to sell his invention that every time he creates this special fold, it triggers the breakdown of the world's geometry. So he must, uh, in, you know, instead of selling it uh, to uh, this one maniacal box mogul, he, he actually instead uh, has to stop it from ever being made again. Um, and it's starring Ben Kingsley and it had Jennifer Aniston who, who uh, had dropped out about um, you know eight months ago. Uh, 
Uh, awesome. I love Ben Kingsley, so that's uh, that's right on my alley. Ben Kingsley's one of my favorite actors of all time. <laughs> so when I when I was able to uh, meet with him, and when I heard that he loved uh, the script, um, it's one of those characters too where it's it plays an unhinged uh, 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 man who has been in this industry, who's had his finger on the industry for for years, and now he's uh, experiencing the moment in his career where. Uh, he's being pushed out, and he's no more relevant. Uh, he's no longer relevant to, uh, in the industry, and so he find, he's looking for that one fountain of youth to make him uh, relevant again, and and he finds it in this this bizarre invention, um, and uh, and so it, it's kind of the perfect role for him. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, is this a script that you wrote, or from other writers? That is a script that uh, this writer uh, by the name of Chris Painter wrote. Um, and he's uh, a former animation guy. Um, he uh, uh, is—he uh, actually works for Disney right now and writes all these these worlds for for video games and things like that. And he decided to take a stab at writing a live-action feature, and and uh, it, it ended up uh, being just a, a real kind of Charlie Kaufman-like uh, kind of effort, um, which comes very natural to him. So. Uh, it's not one of those trying to be like uh, bizarre movies. It's just it's just the way this guy writes and, and the way he thinks. Um, so we were able to to to, to write um, to work on this together. And actually, we wrote another script um, after the, this as well. Uh, that's kind of equally as bizarre. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, you know the idea is to keep on going towards unique um, original subject matter and and. Uh, yeah. Um, before you go, I was curious about uh, your commercial work, and uh, I was wondering if there are any commercials like out there that people can watch on the internet that you've directed, or um, uh, yeah, um, man, uh, yeah. If you, I mean, there's uh, I have a Vimeo link to uh, one of you know some reels, and then I've got uh, my work on various uh, production company websites. You know, if you Google just Justin Reardon, um, but yeah, I mean, I've got. Uh, 